Well, welcome to the Cup for Time podcast here at the Canteen United Methodist Church. My name is Pastor Clay, and I'm joined by a very special guest this week. Her name is Pastor Nicole Clade, um, and Nicole serves at Hope United Methodist Church in Duluth, Minnesota. Um, and just uh, Nicole and I have been friends for a long time, um, just kind of through being a part of the conference. Um, and Nicole was commissioned as provisional elder when I was ordained as full elder um, in 2016. Um, so she was a part of the fire drill service at Sioux Falls first. But uh, yeah, so Nicole, welcome to the podcast. So glad you've joined me um, for this conversation. Um, yeah, thank you for having me, Claire. I appreciate yeah, it. Of course, yeah. Um, so I want to tell everyone a little bit more about you, um, who you are, where you are, and what makes you tick in ministry, and then maybe what's your favorite book you're reading right now. Okay, yeah, absolutely. Like Pastor Clay said, I'm Pastor Nick Folklade. I am currently serving at Hope United Methodist Church in Duluth, Minnesota. However, I was commissioned and ordained in the Dakota's Annual Conference. Yep. And so I am still Dakota's clergy. I'm just serving across the Annual Conference appointment, which has been interesting. Um, for those of you who are unfamiliar with where Duluth, Minnesota happens to be, we are right at the bottom of Lake Superior. And we get about feet of snow we don't ever know but it's always a nice in the summertime it's always like a nice sunny 72 degrees and so if y'all ever need a vacation and need a tour guide I'm more than happy to help you there yes um, but the thing that makes me take in ministry um, is children and youth and camping I mean Clay that's kind of how you and I got to know each other is through yep, the camping sure. ministries. Um, and I love working with kids and watching kids kind of grow up and grow into their faith mm. uh, and asking the big questions that I think sometimes adults are afraid to ask, but have wanted to ask. And just being, um, I don't know, curious, curious about God, curious about creation, curious about church and what that looks like and what that yeah. means. But I also, um, I feel like I'm a weird pastor in this, but I also love sitting with families and loved ones as a loved one is transitioning from this side of eternity into the mm. next. Um, and being in that holy and tender space yeah. and to be able to provide a wonderful celebration of life and resurrection uh, for the family. So that's one of the things I don't want to say that I enjoy it because it's not fun. Right. Um, yeah, I, definitely. Yeah. But I really something that I really find meaningful in my ministry yeah, is to be able absolutely. to sit with, mm, in yeah. that. So, yeah, I call, and, that, I call that the unfortunate honor of ministry. Um, you know, just oh yeah, oh that's good. When when families let you into those stories, it's just such a it can be such a beautiful time of of remembering mm -hmm. and then yes, yeah, celebrating um, someone's life. Yeah, yeah, and it's such a it's such a holy moment. Mm. And um, I think oftentimes we can kind of forget how holy those moments are. Yeah. And so to be able to be honored, like you said, in being brought into that is just something that really puts it into perspective why I do ministry and why God has called me into the work that God has called us into. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, you'd asked about a favorite book that I'm reading right now is The Sower by Octavia Butler. I've never been into sci-fi books before, but this is a post-apocalyptic type book that has really captivated me in a way that I did not think that it would. So Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, cool. Well, cool. Yeah. So, uh, well, Nicole had an opportunity to uh, listen to my sermon from Sunday, um, which was all about scripture, a continuation of our basic series here at the church. Um, last week, we dug into the importance of prayer. And then the second week of the sermon series was on scripture. Um, so, yeah, so that's been a very fun series to put together. I've really enjoyed writing this series. Um, and then just, you know, 
um, being uh, having the opportunity. One of the things I've tried to intentionally do um, with this series is connect um, uh, with a, a practical, like, here's what we're going to talk about, but here's also a thing to do mm -hmm. connected to that. And so uh, we did a little bit of a Bible escape room where we had to look up several different uh, several different uh, verses of scripture and put together codes in order to unlock an iPad and it was actually really fun and really like the, the group did a really good job. So. Oh, good. Yeah. yeah. I know you sent me, you sent me that because yeah. the, the minute I heard that y'all had done that, I was like, I need to figure out what this is and how I can implement it. Yes. Because that sounds really fun. Yeah, it was super fun. Yep. The group did a great job and we were successful in unlocking the iPad and, you know, we, uh, we put together the puzzles and did the things and yeah, it was really mm -hmm. cool. So it was a very fun. Cool. Sunday. Yeah. Uh, so one of the questions I wanted to ask um, Nicole um, is uh, we talked on Sunday about just how important scripture is. And we talked about how like Timothy's facing this hard time in Ephesus and ministry, which, you know, we've been there with hard times in ministry. Um, but so Paul urges Timothy to find his strength in scripture. Um, and so Tim, um, Nicole, or if you're willing, um, what's a time where you've felt um, you, you've drawn strength uh, from the testimony of scripture? Uh, like all the time oh so you can see right? my cats with yeah. me. Yeah. so a nice little break yes this is my cat charlie she Hi, is charlie for charles wesley yes because i'm a good methodist pastor yes I didn't, yeah <laughs> um i thought she was far enough off screen but right. yeah so uh your question about when i have drawn strength from scripture oh my goodness like i feel like all the time <laughs> which uh, if I had to give one specific moment, I mean, the one that really sticks out to me um, is when my mom was sick. Um, so a thing about me is my mom was diagnosed with cancer while I was in seminary. And then two weeks later, I ended up passing away. And I was luckily to be home for all of that. And I remember sitting by her bedside in the hospital, just reading scripture to her. Um, and most people in times of like distress want to find comfort in Psalms 23. I remember with my grandma, when my grandma was sick and dying, yeah. we read Psalm 23 and that was such a comfort for my grandma. And you could watch, you could watch the peace come over my grandma's face. Mm. Um, and I remember, I, I remember that cause I was there for my grandmother passing. And then I was like, oh, well maybe my mom will like that. And I started reading Psalm 23 and my mom got such like a furrowed, like angry oh, look on her face. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, I think it was because it was to her. I think it was evoking back to that, even though my mother oh. was in this, in this state of being, of transitioning from this side of eternity to the next. And so I was like, okay, not that one. We are going <laughs> to. We're going to try something else. And so right. then I remember flipping to the gospel of John mm -hmm. and John 14, actually, which is in our book of worship for funerals. Yeah. And I didn't know that at the time. Sure. I was just like, oh, like John. And I was like kind of thumbing through John. And I was like, mom, do you want me to read you John 14? And she goes, you know, she kind of nodded her head. And so I was reading it to her. And I could watch just like this peace come over her face. And it's oh, beautiful because wow. in John 14, Christ says to his disciples, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Um, and I do not give as the world gives. And so it was just like this beautiful, tender moment. And so I 
whenever I'm having a hard time, that is something that always comes back to my mind is those Mm. verses, John 14, because it reminds me of the time that I got to read these words and speak these truths to my mom who needed to hear it, who I also needed to hear it in that moment. And so for me, it kind of also invokes just our cloud of witnesses too. Of How often have we heard, have we heard those scriptures? You know, when I have persons who come to me, in a hard time, I'm very quick to both give them Psalm 23. And I said, but if that's like my mom, if that doesn't hit you where right, it yeah. needs to, yep. <laughs> like, which, you know, um, then here's John 14. And this mm-hmm. is such a good reminder that even in the midst of the chaos of the world, you know, God has prepared for us a home. And like, I mean, who doesn't want to be home? Right. I yeah. mean, I'm in my house right now and it's <laughs> lovely. Y'all can't see it but I'm in my pajamas <laughs> like my pajama bottoms <laughs> because like that's the beauty is, of zoom though right that is the beauty of zoom yeah <laughs> workout clothes on top pajamas on the bottom um but home is the level of comfort it's where you're seen yeah. where you're known where you can be vulnerable where you have this safety and so to hear the scriptures of Jesus speaking to his disciples that there will also be this level of security and comfort and peace for you. And it is attainable here and now, and it's going to be attainable later. Like it's going to be an an ongoing, continuous attainable thing. Right. I I also like, I don't think I've ever done a a funeral without reading John 14. Like even even Mm -hmm. if it's not my main text that I'm preaching from, like that you're absolutely right. That level of home and that level of the depth of God's love for us is so on display because Jesus says, I'm going to go and prepare a place for you. Like it's going to be a place that feels like home, you know, Mm -hmm. and like you're going to have a place where you belong just by the, by, by the virtue of walking through the gates of heaven, you belong. Like that's just all there is to it because Jesus has gone to prepare a place for you. And sometimes, yeah. Oh man. Yeah. And like Jesus speaks those words in the midst of, you know, his own death of walking with that, mm-hmm. with, walking through that with his disciples. And like, uh, so uh, Royal Archer um, was the pastor in my home church for a long time. And like, he's done a couple of funerals in, in like for family friends that have been important to me. And when he reads mm-hmm. that passage, like he goes and digs in and says, look, I don't just read this passage out of nowhere. This is the context of where that passage happens. Jesus is preparing mm-hmm. his disciples once again, trying his hardest and like, you know, says, I, I go to prepare a place for you. I am going to leave you. Um, and like makes it really, really apparent that, that he is up to something that's gonna be very, very different and just something that they need to know about. So, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. I really, I really appreciate, I appreciate your, appreciate your words there on that. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Any thoughts or questions that you had regarding the sermon? Um, I remember listening to it. I was, uh, the beauty of podcasts and being able to listen to sermons as I was doing laundry. Nice. <laughs> yes. I'll be completely transparent. And That's honest. completely fair. And you had quoted something about how the Bible is like, we can read the Bible for information, but mm-hmm. we should read the Bible for transformation. Yeah. And definitely. I remember, I remember like dropping the piece of laundry that I was about to put into the washer and being like, <laughs> Yes. And I said it so loud that I scared my cat. Oh, poor Charlie. <laughs> well, she was not expecting it. Because okay. I think that I think that so often we forget that. That yeah. this is like we all have a different understanding of like what the Bible is. This is my holy Bible um, that I got while I was in seminary. 
Nice. At the church that I was serving, you can tell that it is well loved. I currently have two markings in it for potential scriptures for Sunday. It got nice. um, into a fight with a folding chair. <laughs> kind As of one does. Yeah. And yeah. Lost. Oh. Yeah. But, um, you know, and this is the Bible that goes with me to camp. This is yeah. the Bible that was with me with my mom in the hospital. This is the Bible that has been on the L train in Chicago. Mm. I have brought it into Ubers. I've taken it on airplanes. This is the book that I got lost, that I lost at camp and then found again at camp. Right. Um, and I think so often we forget that we are to read it in order to be transformed mm. and that this this book is a book of books, as you said, right? and that it tells the story of a people who are not any different than you or I, mm. people who are looking for meaning in life, people who are looking for a place to belong, people who have been exiled and downtrodden and things just haven't worked out the way that they want them to um, and the way that they had hoped them to, who sure. are odd for that guidance. And so I think it's so easy to read the Bible and be like, oh, well, you know, Moses and Aaron, like, who are they? And like, how do they impact me? Or, you know, Jonah got eaten by a whale. I've never been eaten by a whale. Many of us from South Dakota probably have never even seen a whale. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not so much about the like the literal aspect of the stories, but it's right. so much so about like, what is what has felt like a whale to you? Did you mm. not get the job that you wanted? That feels like being swallowed by a whale. Yep. Did you hope to have a different career in life? Did you hope to have more children? Did you ha hope to have, you know, fall in love with your high school sweetheart and it didn't happen in the way that you wanted it to? Mm. Um, are you a person who's wanted to find love but couldn't? Did you, you know, did a loved one depart from your life either by death or just a friendship ending? Those all feel like being eaten by a whale. Mm. whenever I've gone through it. And so I love the fact that this is a story of, it's a bunch of stories of people who are just like us. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. 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 And so the whole quote around reading it for information, we can learn a lot about the people that have gone before us, but to be transformed by it, to know that mm -hmm. the way that things are now isn't how God intended creation to be. Right. And that we can find hope in that. And for us who are Christians in the New Testament, the life and ministry and death and resurrection of Jesus. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that quote came uh, from this book, uh, which is called Sacred Rhythms by Ruth Haley Barton. Um, it's a book mm -hmm. that uh, was introduced to me as a part of the Higher Ground Initiative through the Dakotas Conference. Um, and it oh. has actually been unintentionally guiding Um our sermon series, because I used it pretty, I mean, not pretty heavily, but I used it a couple of different times in the prayer sermon, and then I used it a couple of times this week in the Bible sermon, and then I've been doing some research for next week's sermon on confession, and mm. lo and behold, Ruth Haley Barton has a whole half a chapter on the importance <laughs> of confession, so what? you get to do more, more Ruth Haley Barton next week, but no, I really, I also really found that, I mean, I included it in the sermon, so obviously I found it important. Mm. Um, but yeah, reading for information and reading for transformation are two different things. 
Yeah. Um, you know, like we, I was, I just like remember being at camp um, and with a middle schooler that would knew, like knew his Bible, like had that reading for information, part of it down. Like we were debating the succession of Kings and Daniel's ministry or the prophetic ministry and like who came after Nebuchadnezzar and who was before that. And like, we were getting to like four or five Kings out. And I was like, you were getting into it. We were getting into it. It was awesome. And like this kid just knew his stuff. But then we started talking about, like, why does that matter? Like, this is where the river meets the road. Like, it's important. To, it's, it's interesting to know those things about who is the king next and how did this, how did this all take place and how did this happen? But, like, what's the point? Like, what's the point, of, what's the point that Daniel's trying to teach us? And that was a much harder conversation for him, um, you know. And that, that in, in times of my own life, um, you know, we have similar educational backgrounds because I, there have been periods in our life where – that reading from information part was, was more important um, because we were mm -hmm. both in theology programs, um, you know, and that's great. And that's wonderful. And we were probably graded on things that were like based on that information. You know, I talked, yeah. open up with a, with a story um, on uh, the intro, intro the Bible class with John Higgle. Um, and one of the assignments that he gave us, it was extra credit, but we all did it. Um, was like if we if we could list all the books of the Bible in order, he would give us extra credit in the class, which some of us needed. <laughs> but uh, we all, you know, we everyone had their own little way of doing it. But like, and that's it's important to know, but it's also mm -hmm. more important to know what those books are really about. You know, it's, that's that's it's that it's that difference of um, that that can make all the difference, really. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, and that reminded me of like you know. I have so many different random squirrel thoughts in my head right now. Totally. Like the camp song, right? The B-I-B-L-E. Yep. Yes, that's the book for me. I'll stand upon the word of God, the B-I-B-L-E. Um, but also like, you know, the weird facts that we learn. Oh, yeah. The Old you know, the Old Testament has how many books? Mm -hmm. You know, I think it's like, what, 39? Yep. And the way, way you know that is because old has three letters in it and Testament has nine and you put that together. And so old Testament has 39 books and the new Testament has 27 because three times nine is 27. And that's 66 books. I know I I'm actually kind of impressed with myself that I remember that. I had never heard the old, that old <laughs> Testament one before. Like that, that's new. That's awesome. Yeah, and then you add 39 and 27 together and you get 66, which right. is how many books there are in the Bible. Yes. And if you if you want to find um like how to find the gospels, right? Is you flip it in in half, you open it up in half, I'm gonna physically do it, fold it in yep. half, fold it in half again, and you'll end up there. Yeah. Um and you know, typically when you open it up, you'll open it up somewhere into Psalms and like what, Psalm 118 is the middle. Yep. is the middle and like the shortest like psalm chapter is right before it like the longest yep. one is right after it and like that's all good to know i mean right. i will definitely win bible trivia yeah absolutely and like when you're trying to find something really fast in front of people that's a really really mm -hmm. handy trick to have yeah for sure yeah yeah but that question that you asked your camper but what does that mean mm -hmm. oof yeah oof that's yep. a great that's the question. Yeah, I mean, it was a great conversation. I was so glad to have had that with him, but also to be able to challenge and push a little bit and say, great, we know things about the Bible, but do we know who God is? Like, do we, yeah. is, that, is that part of it for us? Oh, so uh, with me going to USF and you going to Dakota Wesleyan, mm -hmm. uh, 
Uh, what was your program like as a religious studies major? Oh, so I actually wasn't a religious studies major. Oh, okay. I, I ended up accidentally double majoring. Oh. Um, and so my declared major, oh my goodness, this is going to tell you how much of a nerd I am. And this is like, so when you read the quote, reading the Bible for information versus reading the Bible for transformation, I felt very convicted Okay. because I love, I love to learn. I love to know things. Yeah. For people who do the Enneagram, I'm an Enneagram five to the T. Let me know okay. all the things. Nice. So I went to Dakota Wesleyan University in Mitchell, South Dakota, which is our United Methodist University through the Dakota's annual conference. And I was, I mean, I originally started as a bio major and then I okay. changed majors. Yep. So I was a bio major, theater minor. Um, I, God's green creation is beloved and wonderful, and I am not gifted enough to be an excellent steward of God's green creation. Um, and so Botany and I did not get along. And so I decided to, instead of flunking, flunking out of the major, which would have had a lot of ramifications for me, both, um, collegially and scholarship wise, I decided to just no longer do that and make theater my major. Okay. And my my theater advisor just said, we'll figure out your minor later. Like, don't worry about it. You're okay. only in your first year. So I did theater, loved it. Nice. And then I took a bunch of religion courses because, oh, okay. I grew, yeah, I grew up in the church. Yep. Um, and I love learning stuff about faith and church and the Bible, Christology, you know, like our understanding of Jesus, our understanding yeah. of the Holy Spirit. Yep. So I took all of the religion courses one because some of them were to me very easy sure i was like yep yeah. that's fair i was in a yep yeah, as a high schooler i was in adult sunday school because that's mm. the level of study and nerdum that i do and so a lot of it was just repeats of that um and so and then i took a course you know death dying and the life after death and i took an intro to the old testament with one of our colleagues pastor dr John Anderson, and we, the first day of class, you know, like what your professor had done is he comes up to us and he says, all right, what is this? And he holds up the new Oxford annotated Bible. This is not it. Yep. And he's like, what is it? And we're all like, it's, it, it's the Bible. And like, we are like, you're the professor. Like, don't you know? It's the Bible. <laughs> don't you know? <laughs> don't you know? Well, and then he goes, well, what does it say? Mm. And we were like, a, 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 a lot of things. It says like a lot of things. Yeah. You know, so like we, we were all spouting off different stories that resonated with us, stories that we knew. Sure. And then I remember, I remember very vividly that he took the Bible and he goes, do you hear it saying anything? <laughs> it doesn't talk to you. It's not, it doesn't say anything. And I was like, what class did I just walk into? And he goes, and he talked about how the Bible, like the Old Testament and the New Testament mm -hmm. are not going to give us direct answers. Mm. They don't directly say really anything to us. But it's a collection that we have to engage with meaningfully in order to better understand the God who inspired them. And I was like, I'm going to like this class. 
I nice. had never heard I had never heard that before. Yeah. Well, I grew I grew up in a household where it was, well, what does the Bible say? I mean, between what does the Bible say and what does the dictionary say? Those were like the two favorite phrases of my mom. Okay. Well, let yep. You know, if I had a question about faith, my mom would be like, Well, what does the Bible say? What sure. did you learn in church on Sunday? Sure. What did Sunday school teach you? Mm-hmm. If I didn't know how to spell a word, she'd be like, well, what does the dictionary say? You know where the dictionary is. <laughs> like, nice. Yeah. Um, and so to have a professor who kind of turned my understanding of what the Bible was on its head right. and really forced me in a time in my life to really engage with, oh, well, then what what actually is the Bible mm. and what does it say and what does it mean right. and why, why should I care? Cause then that was the other aspect too. And he goes, why do we care? Mm. Um, and like, that was very, an earth shattering profound question. Sure. Um, yeah. And so then that really drove my love of exploration of better understanding especially like with the torah uh, which is the jewish um scriptures and the jewish holy texts yep uh that we derive our old testament from around for the community who wrote them and for them to be jewish how does that impact my faith as a christian and within our own like sister religions between both uh, Islam, Judaism, and Christianity. Mm-hmm. And so I took a class about that, two world religions, nice. um, and found that really fascinating as well around yeah. how much of our holy texts are actually shared with our sisters, mm-hmm. uh, well, our siblings too, but like our sister right. religions. Yeah, yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Abrahamic religions for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's awesome. That's a great way to start a class. And you were being challenged at a very beginning stage of your education mm-hmm. to, to think critically, you know, to, yeah. to really look at other things that the Bible does tell us in a roundabout way. Like we can read the stories and have that transformation moment. And like, it may not be the exact one-to-one correlation that we're hoping for, but yet through the wisdom of God, you know, we realize what it means to live and what what it means to live in the light mm-hmm. of, of our faith. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I was preaching um, several weeks ago, and it was a New Testament passage where it was kind of holding intention. And I remember as I was researching about it, that the scholars, all the scholars from Feasting on the Word and the New Interpreter's Bible Commentary, which is what we pastors like to use uh, uh, to get... <sighs> To get a better understanding of the context behind what we're preaching on um, for your people who may not know. And all of them were talking about how um, the reason why, most likely the reason why the writer kept these two things here in tension was because it's up to us, the reader, to figure out where we are at. Mm. in it and which is like eisegesis right rather than exegesis exegesis is taking meaning out and understanding and kind of fleshing things out and eisegesis is when we insert ourselves in or insert certain contexts or thoughts and opinions into scripture yep but but that just goes to show how multifaceted our scripture is like you can read you know, a piece of scripture one day, mm-hmm. and it's going to mean, it's going to mean something to you. Um, I have a bunch of bookmarks in mine, a bunch of highlights and other oh, yeah. 
And I go back and this is what I, I love this. I have my mom's Bible and my grandma's Bible. And I'm like, oh. why did they, why did they highlight that? That's so what, interesting. Yeah. What was it about that passage that spoke to them in that moment? Yeah. And, and I think about that, like with my own. So, oh yeah. So like, I mean, looking at my own Bible, cause I'm a good student Deuteronomy 6, 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And I'm like, and it's highlighted, it's bracketed by pink. And I'm like, why did I, Mm -hmm. what was I going through that when I was reading that, that I felt it was important enough for me to bracket that off? Yeah. Yeah. And so that's what I like about the scripture, you know, and uh Pastor Dr. John Anderson, and even your professors, you were talking about too, is that it's scripture will speak to us at different points of our lives. Yeah. The same scripture is going to mean such, it's going to mean so many different things to us at various different points of our life. And that's the mm-hmm. beauty of the divinely inspired word of God that we have. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Mm-hmm. And that's why Bible studies are so important too, is because when you get mm-hmm. other people that think critically about the Bible together, they're going to hear different things and all of it's good and all of it's true. It's just so interesting to, to, to hear how people process through and like hear mm-hmm. what God is up to in their hearts as we're reading scripture. And it can be such a beautiful expression of just the vastness of scripture. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and like, I've always wanted to do a thing in one of the congregations that I serve, like the, the siblinghood of the traveling Bible. <laughs> <laughs> Because, like, I, I remember when I was in kindergarten, we had the kindergarten teddy bear. And every student got to take the kindergarten teddy bear home for a weekend. And you were supposed to journal what you did with the bear. Okay. And so you would, you would write in this journal. And it was a big collective journal. So you could go back through it and see what other people had done oh. with the bear. You see where I'm going with this. I love and, this. Yes. And so to have like the siblinghood of the traveling Bible for a congregation where either you, the pastor, start out or somebody else in the congregation starts it out and they use that Bible for that week to read or to do whatever, to do their devotions, to do their Bible studies, but that they highlight and that they put notes in it and they're encouraged to do that. Yeah. And then they come back and then it, get, it gets given to another family. And, you know, even if that family doesn't reads it once on Sunday because you have a task to do, (laughs) you know, the way that you interact and engage with it is going to be interesting because you get to see what other people have done. And then that just kind of becomes like your church's Bible that anybody at any point can come and can read. Um, And there would hopefully be notes of encouragement, notes of why this passage was spoke so profoundly to the person, highlighted passages, maybe um, like cards that people had received or want to put in there. I know that my mom had a bunch of pictures of us kids in her Bible Mm -hmm. and, you know, and I've left them in there to where, where she put them. Cause I'm like, why did she put them here? Right. Um, Kind of thing. But I've always wanted to do that. So. Hey, Clay, what's coming up in the next week? Yeah, yeah. So next Sunday, we are continuing this message series um, on the basics. We're digging into the basics of our faith um, as a way of grounding us for the way that our calendar and our life is about to shift as we head into the fall. Um, mm-hmm. You know, that means that means something different for everybody. Um, like I have a kid starting kindergarten on Wednesday morning, like 
that's a thing that's happening in our world. And there are others that are saying, maybe saying goodbye for the last time to, you know, they're sending a senior to school or they're sending a freshman mm -hmm. to college or they're sending their last freshman to college. Like their life is, is shifting and calendars are shifting and the world is shifting. And so what do we hang on to? And what do we cling to um, in the midst of all those things? It's kind of the, the basis of this sermon series. Um, and so we did prayer and scripture. And now next Sunday, we're going to dig into confession. We're going to dig into um, those act with those moments where where we are actively seeking communion with God in a way where we are admitting our faults and our failures. And that's really hard to do. Um, we don't like that part of things, um, but yet it's super important. I mean, it is just another, it's another way of expressing our trust in God, of saying, God, I know that you know this, but I need to trust you with this also that I have fallen short in these ways. Um, and what we find in the midst of confession is grace. Um, that's the biggest mm -hmm. thing. Like that's the hugest thing that we that we find. Um, so I was on higher ground retreat uh, two weeks ago um, and had the opportunity to walk a prayer labyrinth. And I was just feeling really convicted of all the ways that I'm falling short as a person and a pastor um, mm -hmm. and a husband and a dad. And like, I was feeling really like, as I was walking that prayer labyrinth, that was my prayer of confession time. That was that moment of saying, God, I am falling short in these ways and I recognize my need of your grace in this moment. Um, and so in the style of a, of, a, of a labyrinth prayer on the way out, like the word that God was speaking over me the entire time was my grace is sufficient for even you. Like in the midst of our confessions, we find grace in the midst of trusting God that much. And then also in the midst of our human relationships, like that confession moment is super important, but so often overlooked of just, you know, we do and we do wrong. We have to fess up to it. We have to know, we have to own up to it and name it and then work towards reconciliation if it's possible. Um, and so we're going to be digging into a couple of passages of scripture from the Old Testament. Um, we're going to be digging into Nehemiah, um, where the people of God rediscover the covenant and they realize, oh, dang, we messed up real good. Like mm -hmm. we, we need to repent and not just for us, but for our ancestors too, because we done messed up. You know, yeah. and so mm -hmm. the, where they where they they recover the where they recover the the law, they recover the covenant, um, and then also uh, from Second Chronicles, um, where Solomon completes the building of the temple, um, and God mm -hmm. says that you know if my people will confess their sins and come to me with their whole hearts, I will bless them. And um, so, what are what are the blessings of confession um, that we experience mm -hmm. in our lives of faith? Well, oh, that's where we're going next week. Can I come to church with you next week? Sure. Come on over. Yeah, cool. You've got, you've got nothing else going on, right? Pastor you got nothing else going on. No, not at all. <laughs> well, thanks for joining us this week on the Cut for Time podcast here at the Canton United Methodist Church. Uh, thanks to Pastor Nicole for spending some time with me in this conversation. I really appreciate uh, just your heart for ministry and your heart for people um, and your heart for God's word. Um, and just uh, want to encourage you uh, as you go forth. Um, in ministry as well. But uh, if you're around the Canton area, um, please do join us in person or online at Facebook Live at 10 o'clock on Sunday for worship and then back here next week for the podcast. Thanks for listening to our Cut for Time conversation. Join us for worship in person or on Facebook Live Sundays at 10 o'clock Central Time. And now go in peace and serve the Lord.